Shalom, and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. My dear friends, the Torah reports that God literally spoke this world into being. And God said, let there be light. Vayihor, and there was light. According to Jewish mysticism, God actually put together Hebrew letters and spoke this world into being. Hence the Aramaic phrase Avra Kedavra, or in magician's language, Abra Kedavra. Study the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and you will discover the meaning behind each individual character, even numerical values. Aleph is one, Bet is two. Each letter is also said to have a personality of its own. The former Boston area reform rabbi, author, scholar who turned me on to the Hebrew alphabet as a young adult is Rabbi Kushner, not best-selling author Rabbi Harold Kushner, but his cousin Larry, who among other things inspired a promising young student named Tara Feldman to become a rabbi. Rabbi Tara served alongside me in the early 2000s. She's coming home to Memphis to be our scholar in residence just before Hanukkah in December. And Rabbi Kushner wrote this book over 30 years ago called The Book of Letters, which draws the reader into the spiritual dimension of all 22 letters. He weaves together ancient sources, Talmudic commentary, Hasidic folktales, Kabbalah, but you don't have to be a mystic or so-called religious Jew to be a spiritually attuned Jew. You can even be a skeptic or what I call myself a rational mystic. For instance, Rabbi Kushner once gave a lecture in Minneapolis and during the Q&A, a young man said, I came here on bus number 37, Lamed Zion, what does that mean? <laughs> the best answer Rabbi Kushner could think of was, I think it means that you should go home on bus number 37. <laughs> the founder of the Jewish Renewal Movement, Reb Zalman Shachter Shalomi, who I had the pleasure and privilege of studying alone with in Colorado as a young rabbi, <laughs> tells the story about a guy who was born on May 5th, 1955. 
He lived at 555 Fifth Street. He had five kids. His whole life had been in fives. His accountant had just told him that his net worth was $555,555.55. And on the same day, he saw in the paper that there was a horse named Number Five running in the fifth race. Convinced it was a sign, he put his entire life savings on number five. And what do you think happened? He won. That's right. His horse came in fifth. (laughs) The point of this story is that stuff like that is out there in the universe. We just don't understand it. And attempts to manipulate the rules are not only foolish but dangerous. Or as another great reform rabbi, Arnold Jacob Wolf, was fond of pointing out, the prohibition in the Torah against talking to ghosts does not deny their existence. It just says, don't talk to them. Jewish mysticism based on the 22 Hebrew letters claims to know something about the secret inner nature reality of reality and the principles of governing the universe so it can lend itself to the longings of people who want a shortcut or a hot stock tip so they can pull off the theological equivalent of insider trading. And wherever there is such a market, frauds and quacks abound. But according to Jewish tradition, this really is the day that God birthed the world into being. And when the shofar sounds, it celebrates the potential recreation of every human. As the prayer book in your lap reads, in the name of Reb Chaim Kaval, Rosh Hashanah carries the momentous message that humans, the crown of God's creation, possess limitless capacities for renewal no matter what one's age. The rabbis of the Midrash teach that on Rosh Hashanah, God says to each of us, my children, I look upon you and you and you as if today I had created a new creature. Now, of the 22 Hebrew letters, you'll hear rabbis give lots of sermons on the four letters we pronounce Adonai, since we have no idea how the high priest in Jerusalem filled in the four yud Hey vav Hey consonants with vowels. yu is a more likely pronunciation of yud Hey vav Hey than Jehovah or Yahweh, since there are no J's or W's in the Hebrew alphabet. I've heard sermons whose essence is... It's all about the Vav, or it's all about the Yud. But given where we are individually and collectively in 2022, 5783, I want you to consider this morning that it's all about an overlooked Hebrew letter, the Ayin. But first, a famous joke about several of you present, whether in person or virtually. Two men, Goldberg and Schwartz, are walking to temple on Rosh Hashanah. 
They're stopped along the way by someone who asks where they're going. They casually tell the man they're both on their way to temple. The man responds, Goldberg, I know why you go to temple. You believe in God, and you're an observant Jew, but Schwartz, you don't believe in God, so why are you going? Schwartz responds, Goldberg goes to temple to talk to God. I go to temple to talk to Goldberg. <laughs> the first Hebrew word, beginning with the letter ayin, we need to resurrect, is this one, am, peoplehood, community. Particularly for the vast majority of American Jews, get this statistic, my friends, 89% of whom are not Orthodox. God is certainly where Judaism begins, but hardly where it ends. Judaism is as much about belonging as it is about believing. Or as the New Jewish Encyclopedia entry on God puts it plainly, exactly what is God like? The one who is beyond he, she, they, it. We have no way of knowing, but what we do know is that all of us, even though even those of us who wouldn't call ourselves believers, are in a relationship with each other like Schwartz and Goldberg. Our relationship to God, like all relationships, is complicated. When we pray like today, we summon God to a little chat, and God, by giving us this gift of Judaism and a life of mitzvah, summons us too to think and behave and feel in a certain way. My friends, in one sense, God is just another way for us to be with each other. Among the many distinctive aspects of Judaism is that unlike many other religions, Judaism cannot be practiced in private. Judaism was designed to be impossible without the company of others, which is why we worship together, celebrate holidays together, kvetch together, and argue together about difficult questions, including the true nature of God. The amazing transgender genius rabbi some of you met, Abby Stein, when we hosted her last month, is descended directly from the 1760 founder of the entire Hasidic movement, the Baal Shem Tov, and the Besht, famously noted that the Jewish people, you and you and you, are like a living Torah scroll, and every individual Jew, you and you and you, is a letter inside it. A Torah scroll is considered invalid if a single letter is damaged or missing. So too, each Jew is considered a crucial part of Am, the Jewish people, without whom the entire religion we call Judaism would suffer. Jewish peoplehood Am in 2022, however, does not mean defaulting to a narrow, misogynistic definition of who is a Jew by the far right in our religious community, or condoning racist, far right religious parties in Israel running for seats in the Knesset right now in the name of Am. No, Ein Mem means keeping the Jewish people alive 
by living Jewish values, even if that means parting ways with fringe members of the Jewish family sometimes. The only way Am Yisrael will chai, live, is if we broaden the Jewish tent rather than close the tent or restrict it like an exclusive club. Most of you are likely unaware of the actual demographics of the Am, where we are, the Jewish people, given the remarkable amount of Jewish communal dollars raised not only in the Memphis Jewish community, but even in tinier southern Jewish communities like Dothan, Alabama, where they will pay you $25,000 to move there if you are Jewish. I remain close to Jews in and from Alabama, having married an angel from Montgomery named Cheryl. <laughs> the fact is that even with Memphis's seven synagogues, two day schools, JCC, lots of agencies, 10 Jewish buildings, the current total Memphis Jewish population hovering around 9,000 is much closer to Dothan in size than to Atlanta's 170,000 Jews or Dallas and Houston's 100,000 Jews each. Simply put, you cannot have Judaism in the Mid-South without more actual Jewish bodies in the Mid-South. And what motivates and excites me to work alongside rabbinic talent like Rabbi Dreyfus and Jewish musical visionaries like Happy, Emily, Carly, the rest of our staff, is that they are all in with the mission, as are Temple's amazing lay leaders who sustain the synagogue's culture of excellence for the benefit of the entire Memphis Jewish community, the future of Southern Judaism, and the Union for Reform Judaism across the United States and Canada. A second word form with the letter Ayin is the first word of the concluding prayer we sing at every Jewish service. Aleinu. Aleinu means it's literally on us. It's on us. Reformed Jewish songwriter Dan Nichols, who's been here at least seven times in my tenure, he wrote a new Aleinu melody which includes these English lyrics. Listen to them. It's up to us to call ourselves to task, to bring about redemption. It's what we were free to do. What stories will be told of us when we are here no more? We commit ourselves to action to bring meaning to our days. It's up to us to own the vision. We are an answer to a call. It's up to us to live the words we speak for the benefit of all. It's up to us to bow down deeply. There's a broken world to raise. Aleinu l'shabeach. It's time to live our praise. Which leads to a third ayin word discernible in the Torah. Did you know that where Judaism's foundational statement appears, the notion that one God created this world, the idea that one God means one humanity, the Shema. Did you know that the last letter of the Shema 
You guessed it, ayin. And the last letter in the Hebrew word for one, dalet. Did you know that in every Torah scroll, those last two letters are enlarged in a massive font, twice as large as all the other letters? Because when you put those two enlarged letters, ayin and dalet together, they spell the Hebrew word meaning witness, aid. And get this, when you reverse the letters and spell Dalit Ayn, it spells K-N-O-W, no, da. Leading the early rabbis riffing on these letters to say, know that as a Jew in 2022, you are a living witness to the creator of this world. So strive to bring more of God's attributes of love, justice, compassion, goodness, humanity into this world, even and especially when the world seems inhumane. Why? Because God can't do it without us. It's all about the ayin, my friends. Including a final word I will mention that we're all supposed to do whenever we hear Paul's shofar or any shofar. Ayn Reish. Air means to awaken. To awaken is lehit orer. Wide awake in Hebrew is air lagamre. We need a Jewish awakening, not only in Memphis, but across the country, as my New York rabbinic colleagues, Benjamin Spratt and Joshua Stanton, call for in a recent article their main point is that our obsession with the narrative of doom and national decline overlooks threads of optimism and opportunity. I'm gonna read to you just one excerpt. In the 21st century, American Jews hold more wealth, access, and power in the larger society than in any diaspora of the past 3,000 years. Jews run for president, lead industry, create new fields of study, and shape law and policy, while Jewish culture captivates America through television, comedy, music, and art. Rather than this narrative of the resilient underdog, the story of the modern American Jew is one of potency and choice. Even as American Jews face ongoing tribulations from anti-Semitism, did you know national surveys over the past decade also report that American Jews are consistently the most liked religious community in the United States? In the wake of these successes, American Jewish institutions have been left with a vacuum of new purpose causing us to defend existing achievements and to default to past tropes. The American diaspora, we need a unifying vision as a network of individuals harnessing Jewish tradition to realize the human power for good in an increasingly complicated world. We're on the cusp of a Jewish awakening, they argue. Inspired by Jewish practice, but open to all. 
Thousands of people join Judaism every year across the country as Jews by choice. 91 in this synagogue in the last eight years. People have become Jewish. While hundreds of thousands more live with Jews or as Jews without formal conversion, since there's no agenda to be Jewish. American Judaism is finally beginning to acknowledge the hundreds of thousands of Jews of color who had been previously undercounted in population studies. And you want to hear something that is hopeful? Nearly 60% of children with only one Jewish parent are raised as Jews thanks largely to the reform movement with an even larger majority exposed to Judaism. New possibilities abound. Technology and streaming are enabling us to explore communities based on shared interests and values rather than geography. Friends, it's been more than 100 years since we last witnessed a vast reimagining of Jewish life when wave upon wave of immigrants, my grandparents' families came here from Eastern Europe. And within the present resides the promise of another Jewish revival. Jews and potential Jews are hungry for new, relevant, compelling expressions of Jewish values, spirituality, community. The rabbis closed their article the way I will, citing the ark you're facing from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 2. Vahasne einenu ukal. Even fully ablaze, the bush was not consumed. The bush is glowing new opportunities, new colors today, these rabbis, right? We need only to awaken to its brilliance and empower more people to behold all these possibilities with wonder, whether from a distance or up close. Kenihiratzon. So may it be not only for Temple Israel and for Memphis, but for Jewish people everywhere. And let us say, Amen.